Hey everyone, here at the Endure It Podcast, our main focal point is to share our stories. We want to be real, authentic, honest, and encouraging. So many of us are facing hard challenges. Life is hard. It's hard, and it requires us to endure difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. We desire to speak truth in the valley to point you towards the mountaintop. The most fulfilling and effective way to do that is to share scriptures from the Word of God. The Word of God is a living book. When you read the scriptures, they change you on the inside. They become alive in your soul. The Bible is called the living word. We read it and it comes alive. It meets us where we are. Acts chapter 27 and 28. When it was decided that we should sail to Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were turned over to an army officer. His name was Julius and he belonged to the emperor's division. We set sail on a ship from the city of Adramidium. The ship was going to stop at ports on the coast of the province of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from the city of Thessalonica, went with us. The next day, we arrived at the city of Sidon. Julius treated Paul kindly and allowed him to visit his friends and receive any care he needed. Leaving Sidon, we sailed on the northern side of the island of Cyprus because we were traveling against the wind. We sailed along the coast of the provinces of Cilicia and Pamphylia and arrived at the city of Myra in the province of Lycia. In Myra, the officer found a ship from Alexandria that was on its way to Italy and put us on it. We were sailing slowly for a number of days. Our difficulties began along the coast of the city of Snidus because the wind would not let us go further. So at Cape Salmon, we started to sail for the south side of the island of Crete. We had difficulty sailing along the shore of Crete. We finally came to a port called Fair Harbors. The port was near the city of Lycia. We had lost so much time that the day of fasting had already passed. Sailing was now dangerous, so Paul advised them, Men, we're going to face a disaster and heavy losses on this voyage. This disaster will cause damage to the cargo and the ship, and it will affect our lives. However, the officer was persuaded by what the pilot and the owner of the ship said and not by what Paul said. Since the harbor was not a good place to spend the winter, most of the men decided to sail from there. They hoped to reach the city of Phoenix somehow and spend the winter there. When a gentle breeze began to blow from the south, the men thought their plan would work. They raised the anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. Soon a powerful wind called a northeaster blew from the island. The wind carried the ship away and we couldn't sail against the wind. We couldn't do anything. So we were carried along by the wind. As we drifted to the sheltered side of a small island called Kata, we barely got control of the ship's lifeboat. The men pulled it up on the deck. Then they passed ropes under the ship to reinforce it. Fearing that they would hit the large sandbank off the shores of Libya, they lowered the sail and were carried along by the wind. We continued to be tossed so violently by the storm that the next day the men began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's equipment overboard. For a number of days, we couldn't see the sun or the stars. The storm wouldn't let up. It was so severe that we finally began to lose any hope 
of coming out of it alive. Since hardly anyone wanted to eat, Paul stood among them and said, Men, you should have followed my advice not to sell from Crate. You would have avoided this disaster and loss. Now I advise you to have courage. No one will lose his life. Only the ship will be destroyed. I know this because an angel from the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood by me last night. The angel told me, don't be afraid, Paul. You must present your case to the emperor. God has granted safety to everyone who is sailing with you. So have courage, men. I trust God that everything will turn out as he told me. However, we will run aground on some island. On the 14th night, we were still drifting through the Mediterranean Sea. About midnight, the sailors suspected that we were approaching land. So they threw a line with a weight on it into the water. It sank 120 feet. They waited a little while and did the same thing again. This time, the line sank 90 feet. Fearing we might hit rocks, they dropped four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for morning to come. The sailors tried to escape from the ship. They let the lifeboat down into the sea and pretended they were going to lay out the anchors from the front of the ship. Paul told the officers and the soldiers, If these sailors don't stay on the ship, you have no hope of staying alive. Then the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and they let it drift away. Just before daybreak, Paul was encouraging everyone to have something to eat. This is the 14th day you have waited and have had nothing to eat. So I'm encouraging you to eat something. Eating will help you survive, since not a hair from anyone's head will be lost. After Paul said this, he took some bread, he thanked God in front of everyone, broke it, and began to eat. Everyone was encouraged and had something to eat. There were 276 of us on the ship. After the people had eaten all they wanted, they lightened the ship by dumping the wheat into the sea. In the morning, they couldn't recognize the land, but they could see a bay with a beach. So they decided to try to run the ship ashore. They cut the anchors free and left them in the sea. At the same time, they untied the ropes that held the steering oars. Then they raised the top sail to catch the wind and steered the ship to the shore. They struck a sandbar in the water and ran the ship aground. The front of the ship stuck and couldn't be moved, while the back of the ship was broken to pieces by the force of the waves. The soldiers had a plan to kill the prisoners to keep them from swimming away and escaping. However, the officer wanted to save Paul, so he stopped the soldiers from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and swim ashore. Then he ordered the rest to follow on planks or some other pieces of wood from the ship. In this way, everyone got to shore safely. Chapter 28. When we were safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The people who lived on the island were unusually kind to us. They made a fire and welcomed all of us around it because of the rain and the cold. Paul gathered a bundle of brushwood and put it on the fire. The heat forced a poisonous snake out of the brushwood. The snake bit Paul's hand and would not let go. When the people who lived on the island saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer. He may have escaped from the sea, but justice won't let him live. Paul shook the snake into the fire and wasn't harmed. The people were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But after they had waited a long time and saw nothing unusual happen to him, 
they changed their minds and said he was a god. A man named Publius, who was the governor of the island, had property around the area. He welcomed us and treated us kindly, and for three days we were his guests. His father happened to be sick in bed. He was suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went to him, prayed, placed his hands on him, and made him well. After that happened, other sick people on the island went to Paul and were made well. They showed respect for us in many ways, and when we were going to set sail, they put whatever we needed on board. I wanted to encourage you with this story. Paul's a prisoner. He's not quite convicted yet, but he he's with other prisoners, and he is traveling to Rome. He's on this ship with some commentaries say that Luke was actually able to travel with him. Luke was a doctor. He's on the ship and he tries to advise them that, you know, this time of year was around winter or was they were moving into the winter season and it was not a good safe time to be traveling on the seas. Once the winter season started approaching, they don't listen. They make the decision to move ahead. They travel and encounter some fierce, fierce winds. And it was really, it really stood out to me how the wind carried the ship away. They, they couldn't sail against the wind. So this fierce wind was in pretty much in complete control of where the ship was going and all the passengers on the boat. They pretty much had to just let the wind drive because it was such a destructive, powerful force. You, you can't fight against it. And how it said in several scriptures that they basically just had to be tossed to and fro by the wind and the waves and just see where it takes them, see where they end up. The storm was so brutal that the scriptures say they could not see the sun or the stars and they used those things to navigate ships and travel. So the storm prevented that from happening. The scriptures say that the storm would not let up. It was so severe that we finally began to lose any hope of coming out of it alive. I know I can relate to these scriptures in just walking through a health crisis and a, a trial, a season of testing. And I remember there were several times I would describe to Zach that I felt as if I was in a boat and I can't see direction and I'm just going wherever the weather and the wind takes me and I don't know where I'm headed next. And that's how I would describe what I was walking through so he could try to capture a visual of what it felt like for me. Paul stayed faithful in this season. He remained an encourager. Several times he had to encourage the men and the men on the ship to have faith and to remain positive. Once again, we see an angel appear to Paul and encourage him. An angel appears to Paul and encourages him and says, hey, don't be afraid. You've, you must present your case to the emperor. So I would think that Paul knew in that moment that they were going to survive because God had told him he was to share his, his story or make his case in Rome. So he knew he was going to make it to that destination. It was just that troubling in between. But this angel came and stood beside him and told him to have courage. And so he shares that with the rest of the people that are on the ship with him. I mean, you have prisoners, convicted murderers, and who knows what else on the ship with him. And, and probably a lot of them were headed to Rome to be killed. And here's Paul. They're all experiencing this situation. And Paul is able to speak peace and encouragement in the midst of darkness and great fear and suffering on this on this ship 
They were tossed to and fro for two weeks in this relentless storm. Can you relate to that? I know that I can. I can relate to just feeling like the, the winds and the waves are just beating against you and it you begin to feel the, the feelings of hopelessness try to creep in. Some of the sailors even tried to escape and jump ship. Paul went to the officials and said, if they do not stay on board, everyone has to stay on board if we're all going to survive this thing. So Paul knew that he had to keep it flowing in what God and the angel had spoke to him. Have you ever just wanted to jump ship when the storm gets really intense and the situation of the trial becomes extremely difficult and it's just like, oh, just let me, I quit. I, I just want to quit. We, we don't have that option. We can't quit. We've got to got to stay in where God has us and we, we got to keep trusting that the end result, he's got us. Even though we're in situations that do not make sense and they're dangerous and we're afraid, God stands with us and he comforts us and he guides us through those moments. So they, they, go, they go aground and the boat, the ship is destroyed and they all cross over to this island on broken pieces of the ship. They all survived and they made it across on broken pieces. Sometimes the, the situations in life that we think are comfortable and where God has us and, and where things will stay the same and then that ship gets destroyed and we have to grab onto broken pieces to make it to the next season of life. Paul had favor. They wanted to kill the prisoners because if you lost your prisoners, you suffered the same fate as your prisoner. The, the officers had favor on Paul. So they, they did not kill the prisoners on that boat. They get to the shore and the people of the island of Malta are building, a, they build them a fire and it's raining, it's cold. And Paul is gathering brushwood to put on the fire and this venomous snake latches on to Paul's hand and does not let go. And I have to imagine coming out of a two week brutal storm. You know, Paul even mentioned that they needed to eat. They hadn't been eating probably because their heads were over the side of that ship vomiting due to seasickness. I know that's where my head would be puking. You make it through all that and you're gathering wood and you're not even a real prisoner yet. You would think there'd be lots of other prisoners that could do this job. But Paul is gathering wood and a venomous killer snake latches onto his hand. If that were me, I probably would have said, oh my gosh, are you kidding me, Lord? Like seriously? That would have been Rachel's response. And then the islanders are watching this happen and they're thinking all these prisoners coming ashore for sure that one's a murderer because that's karma and he's gonna pay for his sins. If the sea didn't destroy him, the snake will. And they literally sat and watched him waiting for him to swell up or foam at the mouth or go into cardiac arrest. And the scriptures say nothing happened to Paul. He simply shook the snake off of his hand and killed it in the fire. And it just reminded me of how the enemy tries to work in his craftiness, bringing up our past. You know, technically he had murdered people, but that was his old life. And Paul shook it off in the fire and didn't think twice about it. And I really think that we should do the same. When that venomous attack comes that's meant to destroy or poison, we just simply carry on with what he's called us to do and we shake it off. We don't even give it attention. The governor of this island 
His dad just so happened to be sick in bed. He was suffering. And I thought this picture was so beautiful, how the storm that God brought them through and the path that had to be taken, the two weeks of the battle, the darkness, the suffering. And here's this opportunity on this foreign island that they were not familiar with, where there's people that are sick and they're in need of care, they're in need of help. And the type of healing that's referenced here is actually medical attention. It's not necessarily a supernatural miracle. Paul put his hands on them and they were healed. She did those things. But this was also a form of medical care. They, they were in need of medical attention. And then other people on the island that are sick came to Paul and were made well. Luke was probably traveling with him and Luke was a doctor. So because of that, he was able to provide care as well with Paul. So I want to encourage you, we got to just hold on. We've got to trust that the path is ordained by God and he's in every step of it. And even in our suffering and in our questions and our not understanding, even in our nation right now with everything that's going on, how we're secure in this one thing and then it breaks apart and we're all stuck recovering on pieces of what we thought should be. Maybe God has taken us to places that are tucked away or not frequently visited by the light of the gospel. And that can be our neighbor. It doesn't have to be a foreign country. That can be next door. But he wants to take us to places where people are sick and they're hurting and they need spiritual medical attention. And God wants to use us in those scenarios. I can relate to this storm, maybe not so much in the physical, but I saw it from a spiritual bird's eye that we just, as hard as it is sometimes, as hard as it is a lot of times, if we'll just put our trust in him in the storm and, and focus on what the, he's promised us and what he has spoke to us, and may those words carry us through the storm. May those words that he promises to us and those visions that he gives us, those propel us forward. I pray that this word encourages you today. And when the enemy comes with his poisonous bite, just shake it off.